Thank you, guys. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much. So on this day, given that it is Mother's Day, it only seems fitting to start by introducing you to some of my family. So behind me on this screen, I'm going to give you a little bit of a breakdown of who we have. So if you look on the bottom left, I have a mum and two brothers. I also have two sister-in-laws-to-be. And then on the right with my brother, I have a very, very cute nephew who is five months old. Um, and I also had a dad. You can see him with me looking very little and cute on the top left right there. Um, my dad passed away about four years ago. And so for those of you for whom today is a day which is full of grief of loss or a yet-to-be-fulfilled dream, then I want to say well done for coming this morning. It takes immense courage, so well done for being here. So this morning, I want to share with you from one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says this, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely in families. I love this. We get to be adopted by God and then be part of a wider family. Now, Families can be complex things. I know mine certainly is. To give you a little bit more of the picture of my life, when I was 16, my parents separated, and I lived with my dad and my two brothers for a couple of years. And in that time, I had a period of being estranged from my mum, and we then reconciled, and then actually had a period of being estranged from my dad as well. It resulted in me moving out of home really suddenly. I didn't tell him I was going, packed up all my stuff, grabbed a friend's car and left the house one day, just sending him a text saying, one day I hope that we can be reconciled. I just, we're going to not be if we keep on living together. So in 2010, when I started coming to King's Arms, I was still on the journey of starting to forgive my family. So every time anybody spoke about forgiveness, I would stand up to respond again and again and again to forgive various family members. Um, and then one day, somebody had preached about forgiveness and got people to stand if they needed to forgive someone. And I went to stand almost on autopilot to forgive my dad again. And I had this moment where I realized that I'd forgiven him completely and it was done. I decided that I would go to his house and I would just go and see what happened. So I drove over by myself, parked on the road, which meant he could see my car from his bedroom window. I walked down the drive and then knocked on his front door. It was really scary, because I had no idea how he would respond. We both had every right to be mad with each other. We'd basically shouted at each other for about six months every day before I left home. And as I knocked on the door, I then heard his footsteps coming really quickly towards me. And he opened the door, and then he just opened it with tears in his eyes, opened his arms, and welcomed me back in. We hugged, we cried, we apologized to one another, and then cried a whole lot more. This gives us just a glimpse of how our Heavenly Father treats us. He has every right to be mad with us and sad about how we've treated ourselves and how we've treated other people. Yet he welcomes us with open arms 
the second that we rock up on his front doorstep. That's where I want to start with us this morning. God places the lonely in families and he is father to the fatherless. He longs to welcome you into family today. No matter who you are, where you've come from, what you might have done, or what your family looks like, he wants to adopt you today. You get to be adopted as his son or daughter. Then the really fun thing, when you get adopted, you're then part of a larger family. So take a look around you for me for a second. Look at the people down your row and behind you. These people, they're your brothers and sisters. Now, I know for some of you that might seem a little bit off-putting. But hey, unless you adopted a brother or a sister, the likelihood is that you have not been able to choose your natural mother, sister, brother, father, anybody. So welcome to the family. You see, the reality is that God designed us for loving relationships, but not exclusively within our natural family unit. He designed us to be part of one large adopted family. Being adopted by God means that you're part of a wider family. Now, several years ago, I found myself in a situation where I had a relationship breakdown and I was looking like I was going to lose my home. And a family in this church at that point gave me a key and said to me, this is your key, you will always have a home. I realized something huge about God in this moment. With God, then I'm adopted by him and I would always have family, no matter my earthly circumstances. The simplest of gestures change lives. And they can have a profound impact, both on ourselves and on other people. It's both the big and the small. I want to encourage us this morning, invite people into family and get involved in the lives of other people. No matter what your life stage is, don't wait for someone to invite you. Offer yourself. For me, I don't have a husband or children right now. And at times, I can be tempted to think that the other half have it better. But I choose to invite people into my family, into my home, to do life alongside me. I sit and chat to our children, and I sit and chat to young people in the street. Many of them, in my heart, I've adopted as my own kids. It doesn't have to wait until I have a natural or a perfect family. A small thing for me recently has been how I do family life on a Sunday. So in the spirit of authenticity, because we like that here. Um, I, a few months ago, I realized that I was always having to psych myself up to come to church on a Sunday morning. And often feeling quite alone walking into the building. In chatting to God about it, I came up with the idea that I would ask him every week where I should sit. It has been so much fun. I have had the most incredible conversations with people and been able to love them wherever they're at on a given day. Sometimes it's involved tears, sometimes it's involved laughter, but I've just loved them. God designed us to be part of that one large adopted family, which is diverse and multicultural, where we are loved and loving others where we're learning from those around us and letting others learn from us. 
Up on the screen are going to come some people who I count as my extended adopted family. So on the left, these guys, I have learned so much from them about joy and having fun. Playing and pretending you're a pirate is great. God makes us to be childlike. I've learned so much about joy from them. From the ladies on the right, I have learned an incredible amount about courage in letting stories be seen and known and letting your gifting be shown. From the guys in the middle, these are some of our international friends of the church. I've learned heaps about how to love people cross-culturally, do family, and just do life with people from backgrounds who are entirely different to my own. In being wider family together, we get to love and love others, and we get to learn and teach others. This is family. This is family. Simply loving and learning from one another with no agenda. Maybe this morning, God wants to use you to reveal something of his love to those around you, to show someone what it means to be part of a wider family. Or maybe... You don't know what it's like to be adopted by a heavenly dad. Maybe this morning you want to take the step of asking him to adopt you today. If that's the case, we're going to have a team around at the end who will chat with you and pray with you about that. God adopts us as his sons and daughters. And as a result, we get to be part of a wider family. He's the one who is father to the fatherless. He defends the widows, and he places everybody in family. I'm going to invite Samantha to come up and give us part two. Hi, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Samantha. So on the screen, you can see a wonderful picture of my family. On the right, I'm married to Ian Roach. Isn't he handsome? It's okay, ladies, to say that. I'm all right with that. Okay? <laughs> then you've got me, and you've got my, my son, Kyle, who's 22. Then you've got my eldest daughter, Leanne. Then you've got Aaliyah, who is 21. And then you've got Malik, this side, who is, he's now 12. And you have Tyler here, who is nine. And the little girl in the middle, she jumped in that photo when we were taking this family photo at my husband's 40th. Um, but yeah. But I bet some of you thought I was 28, right? <laughs> anyway. Well, I've been a mother for 28 years, and there's been much laughter, and there's been many tears. So let's face it, guys. Life, you know, can be complicated. Family life is not always the Hollywood fairy tale that we would like, right? So I believe that God wants to encourage some mothers here today that are going through some challenges of their own. So this morning, I want to speak into the mess and share the story on the value of forgiveness. Think about that. Forgiveness is very important in raising children. So, so forgiveness is definitely needed when raising children. And I dare say that sometimes children may need to forgive us. 
They don't stay children forever, do they? From naught to three, they sleep through the night without a peep. Can any mums connect to that? (laughs) And from four to 12, they sit quietly, always listening. They are consistently polite and see you as nothing less than Wonder Woman. (laughs) And then from 12 to 18, their rooms are spotless. They never leave dishes in the sink maintain boundaries, and openly discuss exactly what's in their mind with you. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, if this is you, congratulations. (laughs) You are living the dream. (laughs) But let's let's face it, mums, this is not reality. (laughs) My first mothering reality was of a rebellious, defiant child from the age of two until 16. Her biological father would fuel her rebellion with lies against me, which will, sometimes she would have outbursts against me. She would say hurtful words sometimes that were really hurt to the core. So from an early age, she knew the right words to get to me. But today I want to share on a difficult time I went through her. And I liken this story of from brokenness to restoration. And this particular experience I liken to the prodigal son in the Bible. By the way, she has given me permission to share this with you today. So Jesus told a beautiful story about a father's relationship with one of his sons, which was broken and then restored by God. And this story can be found in Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. But I'm going to paraphrase that for you. It's about a loving father who had two sons, and the younger son wanted to take his inheritance early. So you know, he got his inheritance, he left the family home, packed his stuff and went Spent his money, lived extravagant life, living, you know, he spent all that he had. And then a famine came on the land, which he ended up being homeless, living amongst pigs. But can you imagine, in those times, it was very scandalous for a, a child to ask for his father's inheritance. It was like saying, I wish he was dead. Wow. But Jesus is amazing, though. But when I think about what the father done, he just he gave his son the money and he just released him to go. So my eldest daughter that I love dearly, she left home at the age of 16 years old. She wanted to make her own mistakes than rather listening to my wisdom. This was a very painful moment for me because I didn't want that for my daughter. But this is what she wanted to do. So it was like the pain of it all, the experience of of it all, it was like she was making some of the mistakes that I did. But going back to the prodigal son to see how the father responds to his child, it's an amazing moment. So let's read this. It says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What an amazing moment. The father had compassion for his son when he returned home. So then you can see the son came to his senses. He remembered what he had left behind 
and said, I want to go back to my father's house. So much like the prodigal son, my daughter came to herself when she found herself in her lowest point of her life when she reached out to me. It's when she landed herself in serious trouble in 2011 involving drugs. She was looking at a, a prison sentence of 5 to 25 years. She was in Costa Rica at this time. When I received this phone call, it was very distressing. No mother wants that for their child. This is, you know, the choices that she was making. I felt really annoyed. I felt, you know, the different emotions. I was like, wow, you know, really hurt. I was really hurt by the decisions. Disappointed and let down. But I was worried about her safety. But I can only say that it was God that strengthened me. He helped me to get through this situation. He reminded me of his forgiveness towards me. His forgiveness. So in that Given him giving me his forgiveness, I was able to love my daughter and to support her through this process. I took on my, my grandchildren. I looked after them for three years. For three years, it was, you know, taking on more children. It was more responsibilities. But, you know, God was faithful. So the father in this story is a picture of our heavenly father who waits patiently with loving compassion to restore us when we return to him with humble hearts. So forward into 2017 now, my daughter and I have a wonderful relationship. I remember one day when she called me and was having a conversation about something she was going through. And she said, Mom, the reason why I go on in life is because of you. This reduced me to tears. From where we've come from to now, I can say only God can do that. Only God can do that. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Only God. So the essence of this story is of true forgiveness and unconditional love, which truly inspires me as a mother and reminds me of how I should continue to be in parenting and towards others. So I want you to know, if you are presently going through a prodigal situation, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. God is good at restoring broken things. He is good. He is a, he was singing. He's a good, good father. A good, good father. He is good at restoring and bringing hope. So what God has done for me, he can do for you. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Because there is hope. Amen. Amen. And now, can we welcome Claire, who's going to give the final part. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, hi, my name's Claire. And I feel incredibly blessed to be both a mother and a grandmother. I'd love to introduce you to my family. So um, we have, I, I have my husband, Tony, who's my rock. And we have three gorgeous grown-up children, Hannah, who's 34, Sam, who's 31, who lives in Canada, and Pete, who's 28. And we have eight, nearly nine, soon-to-be-nine grandchildren. So I feel very blessed. 
Well, as you can see, um, we're in the season of life where our children have grown up and have flown the nest, and uh, two of them are now raising families of their own, which is very exciting. And uh, I just want to take a few minutes this morning to celebrate heritage and the privilege we have to pass on a spiritual inheritance. I think all mothers are amazing. I'm amazing. And um, <laughs> and um, I've loved being a mother to our three. I'm so proud of who they are. And, um, but I just want to share a little bit of my story because I've been on a bit of a journey as a mother. So um, when I was about eight months pregnant with our first child, Hannah, um, I was excited about being a mother uh, but one morning I was praying and I had a kind of encounter with God because um, I suddenly had this incredible sense of awe come over me about becoming a mother. And um, God drew really close. Um, I'd come from uh, a background where when, when I was born, my mother wasn't able to support me. Um, so I was adopted when I was six weeks. And for all kinds of reasons, my growing up years were quite difficult and painful. But that morning as I was praying, I just cried out to God and I said, God, please will you take from me anything that would hinder me from my past, even the good things that I've learned along the way working with children. And I prayed, God, please would you teach me how to be your kind of a mother? And I had faith to believe that he would. Um, you know what? The enemy intended for harm. God always intended for good. He planned all my days. Thank you, Father. Um, so I wonder if you've, any of you have had a Christian heritage, parents or grandparents who've loved Jesus and followed him, or people in your family who've prayed for you. Um, or maybe like me, you haven't. But you know, God can start a heritage through us. And he can redeem whatever's gone before, which is so exciting, isn't it? In uh, 2 Timothy 1.5, when Paul's in prison and writing to Timothy, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your, mother, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure now dwells in you. So Lois and Eunice are not mentioned much in the Bible, but they were amazing women who passed on um, their faith to the next generation. And they were influential in raising up a young man of God, Timothy, who was Paul's uh, trusted companion and disciple. And you know, we can be like Lois and Eunice, raising up sons and daughters, men and women of influence in their generation, pointing others to Jesus. And the deposit that we can leave in our kids' lives or those that we mother and father can actually affect generations to come, which is such an amazing thought, isn't it? And you know, one of the ways that we can do that is through our prayers. Our prayers are really powerful. And as we pray, we can put spiritual stakes in the ground. Um, one Sunday, uh, many years ago, I was standing in worship. We were singing a song about um, being a royal priesthood in a holy nation. And just in a moment, I just felt God just bring my family, our Tony's family, into my mind. And I thought about some of the broken marriages that had been 
in, in our family line, and I just felt a real sadness. And then all of a sudden, I just felt something rise up in me. And I just uh, felt to pray a sort of declaration over the Coggan line that from this day on, there would be strong, godly marriages and children that would come to know God. And, um, you know, we still pray for our children and our grandchildren, um, despite all the challenges they face. There's a book uh, by Mark Battenson called Praying Circles Around Your Children. And he says this, You'll never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer is your highest privilege as a parent. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Your prayers for your children are the greatest legacy that you can leave. You know, another way that we can make a deposit um, is by encouraging opportunities for God adventures. And uh, when God called us many years ago to go and serve a church in South Africa for 18 months, our children were then 10, 7, and 4. And they regularly saw God provide for us miraculously. And uh, one day, our son Sam came to me and he said, Mum, will you buy me some gloves? He's, he was riding to school early in the morning in the winter and his hands were cold. And I said, Sam, I'm sorry, but we don't have money for gloves. But why don't you ask Jesus for some gloves? And that night, he prayed and he asked Jesus for a pair of gloves. And um, no one else knew apart from us that he'd prayed that prayer. And two days later, two ladies came to our house uh, for tea and um, they looked at the children and they said, close your eyes, we've got something for you. And from behind their backs, they pulled out two paper bags, which had gloves in. Wow. <laughs> so amazing. <clears throat> and we have a lot of stories. I've got a whole diary of stories from that time that we lived there. But you know, I love that story because it reminds me how God didn't just want to show us, but he wanted to show our children that he was their provider. And through being on mission as a family, um, they got to experience God's goodness for themselves. Um, they learned to hear God's voice. They got to share Jesus on the streets, in shopping centers and parks and in the townships. And I believe through that time it deposited in them a love for God, a love for people and a love for the nations. And it's interesting, our son now is in Canada <laughs> uh, after he felt God call him to go and help with the church there. Um, I realized when preparing this that I needed to be authentic with you. So I asked my children what they felt I'd passed on to them, and they were very kind. <laughs> Hannah said, you've taught me that love is unconditional, that knowing Jesus is the most important thing. You've taught me to love the word of God and rely on scripture. And she also said, you've taught me how to make white sauce. <laughs> Sam said, you've taught me about loving the lost and how extending God's love to others is a powerful thing, breaking down walls, opening doors into people's lives, and healing hurts whilst being gentle, kind, and patient. And you've taught me that I'm loved always. Pete said, you've taught me that I'm loved before I achieve anything. You've given me freedom to be myself, allowing me room to choose, make mistakes, and learn from them. He also told me that I taught him his first guitar chords, yes. 
and that retirement doesn't exist within the family, within the kingdom of God. <laughs> now, I'm no super mom. I made loads of mistakes. Um, none of us are perfect parents, are we? Um, but I want to celebrate this morning how God can redeem our past, turn it around for his glory, and extend his kingdom through us. And as a mother, even though our children are grown up now, um, I want to keep being intentional about encouraging others. And when Simon spoke recently about that message about disciples who make disciples, I felt God freshly stir me in this season to be much more intentional about passing on and investing in others what I carry. So I meet up with five amazing young women, uh, three here and uh, two I meet over Skype in the States who I'm encouraging and investing in. And at the same time, I also have young women here who are mothers in God who invest in me. And it's important that we have both, isn't it? We need each other. Um, so we all have this privilege as mothers and fathers, whatever our age, um, to pass on a spiritual inheritance as we run alongside encouraging, praying, loving, cheering. Um, so whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you have children of your own, uh, whether you've only been a Christian short, a short time, let's be intentional about leaving a legacy together.